0: Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories.
1: The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, starring Peter Jones as the book.
2: The story so far. In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. Many races believe that it was created by some sort of god, though the Jatravatid people of Viltvodal Six VI firmly believe that the entire universe was, in fact, sneezed out of the nose of a being called the Great Green Arkel Seizure. The Jatravartids, who live in perpetual fear of the time they call the coming of the great white handkerchief, are small blue creatures with more than 50 arms each, who are therefore unique in being the only race in history to have invented the aerosol deodorant before the wheel. However, the great green arkel seizure theory was not widely accepted outside Six. And so one day, a race of hyper intelligent, pan dimensional beings built themselves a gigantic supercomputer called Deep Thought to calculate once and for all the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. For seven and a half million years, Deep Thought computed and calculated and eventually announced that the answer was, in fact, 42. And so another, even bigger computer had to be built to find out what the actual question was. And this computer, which was called the Earth, was so large that it was frequently mistaken for a planet, particularly by the strange ape-like beings who roamed its surface, totally unaware that they were simply part of a gigantic computer program. And this is very odd because without that fairly simple and obvious piece of knowledge, nothing that ever happened on Earth could possibly make the slightest bit of sense. However, at the critical moment of readout, the Earth was unexpectedly demolished to make way for a new hyperspace bypass, and the only hope of finding the ultimate question now lies buried deep in the minds of Arthur Dent and Trillian, the only native Earth people to have survived the demolition. Unfortunately, they and their strange companions from Beetlejuice are at the moment being shot at behind a computer bank on the lost planet of Magrathia. This is what the computer bank is about to do. And the time at which it is going to do it is 20 seconds from now.
3: The computer bank is absorbing a hell of a lot of energy. I think it's about to blow. It's a shame we never managed to get the work done, revising the book. I thought it looked rather promising. Yeah. What? Well, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, that thing. Look, I hate to say this, nice but this thing really is going to blow up. OK, OK.
4: Have you a reservation?
5: Reservation?
4: So yes, sir. Afterlife. You
5: need a
0: reservation for the
4: afterlife?
5: <laughs> the afterlife, sir? This is the afterlife. Well, I assume so. I mean, there's no way we could have survived that blast, is
0: there? No. None at all. I certainly didn't survive. I was a total goner. I was Wham dead, bang, And yeah. that was it. I mean, we didn't stand a chance. We must
5: have been blown to bits.
4: Arms, legs, everywhere. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> If you would care to order drinks, I'll show you. Splat!
0: Sir? Here we are. Yeah. uh, Lying dead.
1: Standing. uh,
0: Standing dead in this uh, desolate... Restaurant. Restaurant? Standing dead in this... Five star. Restaurant. Bit odd, isn't it? Uh Yeah.
3: Nice chandeliers, though. Mm. It's not so much an afterlife, more a sort of a vie Hey, hang
0: about. I think we're missing something important here, something that somebody
4: just said. About the chandeliers?
3: No,
0: something really important. Hey, 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 uh, you. Sir, did you say something about
4: drinks? Certainly, sir. If the lady or the gentleman would care to take drinks before dinner. Yeah, great. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and the universe will explode later, for your pleasure. Hey, what? Uh, wow, what sort of drinks do you serve here? <laughs> I think sir has perhaps misunderstood me. Oh,
5: I hope not.
4: It is not unusual for our customers to be a little disorientated by the time journey. Time? Di- so, what what nice, yes. Time journey? You mean this isn't the afterlife? Afterlife, sir? No, sir. And we're not dead? Uh, No, sir. Sir is most evidently alive. Otherwise, I would not attempt to serve, sir.
5: Then
0: where the photon are we? Hey, 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 hey. I've sussed it. What? What?
4: This must be Millieways. Millieways? Yes, Milliways. The restaurant at the end of the universe. End of what? The universe. When did that end? In just a few minutes, sir. Now, if you would care to order drinks, I'll show you to your table.
2: The restaurant at the end of the universe is one of the most extraordinary ventures in the entire history of catering. A vast time bubble has been projected into the future to the precise moment of the end of the universe. This is, of course, impossible. In it, guests take their places at table and eat sumptuous meals whilst watching the whole of creation explode about them. This is, of course, impossible. You can arrive for any sitting you like without prior reservation because you can book retrospectively, as it were, when you return to your own time. This is, of course, impossible. At the restaurant, you can meet and dine with a fascinating cross-section of the entire population of space and time. This is, of course, impossible. You can visit it as many times as you like and be sure of never meeting yourself because of the embarrassment that usually causes. This is, of course, impossible. All you have to do is deposit one penny in a savings account in your own era, and when you arrive at the end of time, the operation of compound interest means that the fabulous cost of your meal has been paid for. This is, of course, impossible which is why the advertising executives of the star system of Bastablon came up with this slogan. If you've done six impossible things this morning, why not round it off with Breakfast at Milliways, the restaurant at the end of the universe?
6: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, friends, welcome to the restaurant at the end of the universe. I am your host for tonight, Max Pleen, and I've just come straight from the very, very, very other end of time, where I've been hosting a show at the Big Bang Burger Chef, where we had a real way of an evening, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I mean, and I will be with you throughout this tremendous historic occasion, the end of history itself. Now, I just want you to think about that, ladies and gentlemen, friends. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Well, thank you, thank you. La- ladies and gentlemen, take your places at the table. The candles are lit. The band is playing. And... What, man? Yes, the... it's uh, down the corridor, the second door. And as the force-shielded dome above us fades into transparency, revealing a dark and sullen sky hung heavy with the ancient light of livid swollen stars, I, that I can see, friends, we're in for a fabulous evening's apocalypse. Thank you very much. But look forward.
3: Surely, if the universe
5: is about to end here and now, don't we go with it? Oh, no, 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 look. I mean, as soon as you come into this dive, I think you get held in this sort of amazing force-shielded temporal warp thing. What? Look, look, I'll show you. Now, imagine this napkin, right, as the temporal universe, right? And, and, and this spoon as a transductional mode in the matter curve. Well, that's the spoon I was eating with. All, all right, imagine imagine this spoon is the, the transductional mode in the matter curve. No, no, better still, this fork... Hey, could you let go of my fork, please? Well, look, 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 why don't we say this one? is the temporal universe, so if I sort of... Yeah, well, forget that. I mean, do you know how the universe began for a kickoff? Yeah, probably not. Well, all right, imagine this. You get a large round
3: bath made of ebony. Where from? Harrods was destroyed by the Vogons. Well, it doesn't matter. So
5: you keep saying. No, no, listen. Just imagine that you've got this ebony bath, right, and it's Conical? Conical? Go no, no, sh- sh- it's it's conical. it's conical, okay? So what you do, you fill it with fine white sand, right, or sugar, or anything right. like that, and when it's full, you pull the plug out, and it all just twirls down out of the plug hole. Why? But the thing is, no, the clever thing is, is that you film it happening. You get a movie camera from somewhere and actually film it. But then you thread the film in the projector backwards. Backwards? Yeah, neat. You see. So what happens is you sit and you watch it, and then everything appears to spiral upwards out of the plug hole and. And fill the bath. Amazing! And that's how the universe began? No, but it's a marvellous way to relax. Funny man. Well, broke the ice, didn't
6: it? <laughs> Now, and as the photon storms gather in the swirling clouds around us, preparing to tear apart the last of the red hot, hot suns, I hope you'll all settle back and enjoy with me what I'm sure we will all find an immensely exciting and terminal experience. Believe me, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing penultimate about this one, you know what I mean? <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is the proverbial it. Uh, Thank you, thank you. And after this, there is void. Absolute nothing, except, of course, for the sweet trolley and our fine selection of Adilbaran liqueurs. And now, at the risk of putting a damper on the wonderful sense of doom and futility here, well, I'd like to welcome a few parties. Now, do we have a party here? Do we have a party here from the Zanzel Quasur Flamorian Bridge Club from beyond the vert void of Quarn? Are they here? Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Waving their quarn streamers in the air. Good, jolly good. And a party of minor deities from the halls of Asgard. Oh, <laughs> Ouch, that hurt. <laughs> Still, we're all friends of the end of the universe. Now, do we have here a party of young conservatives from Sirius B? <laughs> Yes, yes, we do. And lastly, a party of devout believers from the church of the second coming of the great prophet Zarquan. Well, fellas, let's hope he's hurrying because he's only got eight minutes left. <laughs> no, <but clears throat> seriously, though, no. Seriously, no, please, please. I mean, no offense, man, because I know we shouldn't make fun of deeply held beliefs. So I think a big hand, please... For the great prophet Zarquan, wherever he's got to. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. As you know, I just want to say how marvelous it is to see how many of you come here time and time
4: again uh, as the final. Me, sir. Who, me? Mr. Zephod Beeblebox. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, there is a phone call for you.
1: Hey, what? Here? Hey, uh, hey but who, who knows where I am? Zephod. Perhaps it's the police. Could they have traced us here?
0: You mean they want to arrest me over the phone? Could be. I'm a pretty dangerous dude when I'm cornered.
5: Oh, yeah, you get a piece of fast that people get
4: hit by the shrapnel. I am not personally acquainted with the metal gentleman in question, so... Metal? But I'm informed that he has been awaiting your return for a considerable number of millennia it seems you left here somewhat precipitately hey left here we've only just arrived indeed sir but before you arrived here sir you left here you're saying that before we arrived here we left here that is what i said sir
0: put your analyst on danger money baby now no
5: no no wait a minute where exactly is here
4: the planet magrathia sir
5: but we just left there This is the restaurant at the end of the universe,
4: I thought. Precisely, sir. The one was constructed on the ruins of the other. Ah,
3: you mean we've travelled in time, but not in space.
0: Listen, you semi-evolved simian, go climb a tree,
3: won't you? Oh, go and bang your heads together, four eyes.
4: No, no, your monkey has got it right, sir. Who are
3: you calling a monkey?
4: You jumped forwards in time many millions of years while retaining the same position in space. Your friend has been waiting for you in the meantime. Well, what's he been doing all the time? Rusting a little, sir? Marvin! It must be Marvin!
5: The paranoid android! Space
0: cookies! Oh, hand me the wrap rod plate, Captain. Pardon, sir? Pass the phone, waiter. Gee, you guys are so unhip, it's a wonder your bums don't fall off.
4: Ah, what, sir? The phone, sir. Marvin!
0: Hi, how you doing, kid? I think you ought to know I'm feeling very depressed. Hey, yeah? Oh, we're having a great time. Food, wine, a little personal abuse, and the universe going foom. Where can we find you?
7: You don't have to pretend to be interested in me. You know, I know perfectly well I'm only a menial robot. Yeah, okay, okay, but uh, where are you? Reverse primary thrust, Marvin. That's what they say to me. Open airlock yeah. number mm. three, Marvin. Marvin, um, can you pick up that piece of paper? Yeah, okay, I I've got that. pick up that piece of paper? Here yeah. I am, breaking the side Yeah, yeah,
0: uh... Oh, well,
7: i stick my head in a bucket of water, if you like.
0: Yeah, uh, ma'am... you like to
7: go and stick my head in a bucket of water? I've got one ready. Wait a minute. What's he saying, Xaphon?
0: Oh, nothing. He just phoned up to wash his head at us.
7: Has that satisfied you?
0: Will you please tell us where you are?
7: I'm in the car park.
0: In the car park? What are you doing there? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, stay there. Come on, guys, let's go. Marvin's down in the car park. The car park? What's he
3: doing in the car park?
0: Parking cars, what else, dum-dum?
3: Hey, four, come on, Trillian, let's move. What about my pairs columbic?
0: There he is! Marvin! Marvin! Hey, kid, are we pleased to see you? No, you're not, no one ever is. Suit yourself.
1: No, really, Marvin, we are... Quite. ...hanging around, waiting for us all this time.
7: The first 10 million years were the worst, and the second 10 million, they were the worst, too. The third 10 million, I didn't enjoy at all. After that, I went into a bit of a decline.
5: Hey, Zephod, come and have a look at some of these neat star trolleys. Look at this baby, Zephod. I mean, the tangerine star
0: buggy with the black sunburst. Hey, get this number multi-cluster cork drive and perspulex running boards. Mm. This has got to be a Lazlar Lyrican custom job. Oh. Look, the infra-pink lizard emblem on the neutrino car. Oh, way. yes, and I was passed by
5: one of these mothers once out near the Axel Nebula. Right. I was going flat out and this thing just strolled past me. Star drive hardly ticking over, just
0: incredible. Too much. Oh,
5: ten seconds later, it smashed straight into the third moon of Jaglum Beta. Hey,
0: right? Yeah, but a
5: great-looking ship, there. Looks like a fish, moves like a fish, steers like a cow. No kidding. No. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That one there.
0: Hey. Hey. Now that is really bad for the eye. I mean, it's so black you can hardly even make out its shape.
5: Light just falls into it. And
0: feel this surface. Yeah. Hey. Hey, you can't. See? It's just totally frictionless. Oh, this must be one mother of a mover. I bet even the cigar light is on Photon Drive. Well, what do you reckon, forward?
5: What? You mean... stroll off with it? I mean,
0: do you think we should? No. Let's do it. Okay. we better shift soon. In a few seconds, the universe will end, and all the Captain Creeps will be pouring down here to find their Borg-mobiles. Zephon. Yeah? How do we get into it? Just don't spoil a beautiful idea, will you, Ford? Perhaps the robot can figure something out. Yeah. Hey, Marvin, uh, come on over. We've got a job for you. I won't enjoy it. Oh, yes, you will. There's a whole new life stretching out in front Oh, not another one. Will you shut up and listen? This time there's going to be excitement and adventure and really wild things. Sounds awful. Marvin, all I'm trying to say I
7: is... I you it. want me to open this spaceship now, for Marvin,
0: you. just listen, will you? What?
7: I suppose you want me to open this spaceship for you. Um,
0: uh, yeah, 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 that, that'd,
7: that'd be, your- uh, Well, I wish you'd just tell me rather than trying to engage my enthusiasm because I haven't got one.
5: Hey, how do you do that,
7: Marvin? Didn't I tell you I've got a brain the size of a planet? No one ever listens to me, of course. Shut up, Marvin. See what I mean? Hey, Zaphod,
5: look at this! Look at the interior of this ship. Hey, weird. I mean it's black. Everything in it is just totally black. Yeah. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment
6: you've all been waiting for. The skies begin to boil. Nature collapses into a screaming void. In five seconds' time, the universe itself will be adamant. See, friends, see where the light of infinity bursts in upon us. Alleluia, alleluia. What, what's happening here? Who's
4: this? I don't believe it.
6: A big hand, please, for the great prophets are qua.
4: Ah, uh, hello, everybody. Sorry, I'm a bit late, had a terrible time, all sorts of things cropping up at the last moment. And how are we for time? Um...
2: so the universe ended. One of the major selling points of that wholly remarkable book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, apart from its relative cheapness and the fact that it has the words don't panic written in large friendly letters on the cover, is its compendious and occasionally accurate glossary. For instance, the statistics relating to the geosocial nature of the universe are all deftly set out between pages 576,324 and 576,326. The simplistic style is partly explained by the fact that its editors, having to meet a publishing deadline, copied the information off the back of a packet of breakfast cereal hastily embroidering it with a few footnotes in order to avoid prosecution under the incomprehensibly tortuous galactic copyright laws. It's interesting to note that a later and wilier editor sent the book backwards in time through a temporal warp and then successfully sued the breakfast cereal company for infringement of the same laws. Here is a sample in both headings and footnotes. The Universe some information to help you live in it. One, area, infinite. As far as anyone can make out. Two, imports, none. It's impossible to import things into an infinite area, there being no outside to import things in from. Three, exports, none. See imports. Four, rainfall, none. Rain cannot fall because in an infinite space, there is no up for it to fall down from. Five, population, none. It is known that there are an infinite number of worlds, but that not everyone is inhabited. Therefore, there must be a finite number of inhabited worlds. Any finite number divided by infinity is as near to nothing as makes no odds. So if every planet in the universe has a population of zero, then the entire population of the universe must also be zero, and any people you may actually meet from time to time are merely the products of a deranged imagination. Six, monetary units, none. In fact, there are three freely convertible currencies in the universe, but the Altarian dollar has recently collapsed, the Flanian pobble bead is only exchangeable for other Flanian pobble beads, and the triganic pew doesn't really count as money. Its exchange rate of six ningis to one pew is simple, but since a ningi is a triangular rubber coin 6,800 miles long each side, no one has ever collected enough to own one pew. Ningis are not negotiable currency because the galactic banks refuse to deal in fiddling small change. From this basic premise, it's very simple to prove that the galactic banks are also the products of a deranged imagination. Seven, six, none. Well, actually, there is an awful lot of this, largely because of the total lack of money, trade, banks, rainfall, or anything else that might keep all the non-existent people in the universe occupied. However, it's not worth embarking on a long discussion of it now, because it really is complicated. For further information see chapters 7, 9, 10, 11, 14, 16, 17, 19, 21 to 84, inclusive, and most of the rest of the book. It's largely on account of passages like this that the book of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is being revised by Ford Prefect and Arthur Dent. Unfortunately, they are being presented with too many distractions to be able to settle down to doing any solid research. Not only does Arthur Dent still have to find the question to the ultimate answer of life, the universe and everything, but the newly stolen spaceship is currently behaving rather like this.
3: Basically, what you're trying to say is that you can't control it. I'm not trying to say that. The whole bloody ship is. It's the wild colour
0: scheme that freaks me. Uh, I mean, when you try and operate one of these weird black controls which are labelled in black on a black background, a small black light lights up black to let you know you've done it. What is this? Some kind of intergalactic...
3: Well, perhaps it is. Isn't there any way you can control it? You're making me feel space-sick. time sick. we're plummeting
0: backwards through time. Oh,
3: God. Now I think I really am going to be ill. Go ahead. We could do with a little colour
0: around the place. Oh, for God's sake.
3: Zephod, go easy, will you? Already today we've had to sit through the end of the universe, and before that we were blasted 576,000 years through time by an exploding computer.
7: It's all right for you. I had to go the long way around.
3: How did that happen anyway? How does an exploding computer push you through time?
7: Very simple. It wasn't a computer. It was a hyperspatial field generator.
3: Silly. I should have recognized it at once.
7: As it overheated, it blew a hole through the space-time continuum, and you dropped through like a stone through a wet paper bag. I hate
1: where people live. Hey, that sounds better. Have you managed to make some sense of the controls?
5: No, we just
3: stopped fiddling with them. Oh. I think this ship has a far better idea of where it's going than we do. Well, that sounds quite sensible to me. What do you know about it, Ape Man? Well, look, if whoever owns this ship traveled forward in time to the restaurant at the end of the universe, then presumably he must have programmed the ship in advance to return him to the exact point he originally left. Doesn't that make sense?
5: That's quite a good thought, you know particularly if he was anticipating having a good time. Drunk in charge of a time ship is a pretty serious offence. They tend to lock you away in some planet's Stone Age and tell you to evolve into a more
0: responsible life form.
1: So there's nothing to do but sit back and see where we turn up. So what do we do in the meantime?
0: I've got a pocket scrabble set. Go play with a nut. Well, if that's your attitude. Hey, look, Earthman, you've got a job to do, remember? The question to the ultimate answer, right? Now, there's a lot of money tied up in that head thing of yours. I mean, just think of the merchandising. Ultimate question, T-shirts, ultimate question, well, yes, biscuits. but where do we do start?
3: You know, I don't know. The ultimate answer, so-called, is 42. Well, what's the question? How am I supposed to know? Could be anything. I mean, what's six times seven? Uh you! Yes, I know that! I'm just saying the question could be anything. How should I know? Because you and Trillian are the last generation products of the Earth computer
5: matrix. You must know. I know. Shut up, Marvin. This is organism talk.
7: It's printed in the Earth man's brainwave patterns, but I don't suppose you'll be very interested in knowing that.
3: You mean you can see into my mind?
7: Yes. And? It amazes me how you manage to live in anything that small.
3: Ah, abuse.
7: Yes. him he's only making it up. Making it up? Why should I want to make anything up? Life's bad enough as it is without wanting to invent any more of it.
5: Marvin, if you knew what it was all along, why didn't you tell us?
7: You didn't ask.
5: Well, we're asking you now, Metal Man. What's the question?
7: The ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. Yes? Yes. To which the answer is 42.
5: Yes? Yes. Come Come on.
7: on! I can tell that you're not really interested. Will
5: you just tell us, you motorized maniac? Oh,
3: hey, look, the control panel's lighting up. We must have arrived. Hey, yeah, we've zapped back into real
5: space.
7: I knew you weren't really interested.
5: The controls won't respond, it's still going its own way. Isn't there any way we can introduce this ship to the concept of democracy?
6: Can we at least find out
3: where we are? The vision screens are all blank. Can't we turn them on? They are on. Why can't we see any stars? Hey, you
5: know, I think we must be outside the galaxy. We're picking up speed. We're heading out into intergalactic
1: space.
3: Arthur, check out the rear screens, will you?
1: I feel cold. All alone in this infinite void.
3: Apart from the fleet of black battlecruisers behind us. What? What? Um... uh, Which uh, particular fleet of black battlecruisers is that, Earthman? Oh, the ones on the rear screens. Sorry, I thought you'd noticed them. There are about a 100,000. Is that wrong?
7: No. What do you expect if you steal the flagship of an admiral of the space fleet?
0: Marvin, w- what makes you think this is an admiral's flagship? I know it is. I it for him. Then why the planet of hell didn't you tell us? You didn't ask.
5: You know what we've done? We've dropped ourselves into the vanguard of a major
1: intergalactic war. Will our
2: heroes ever have a chance to find out what the ultimate question is? Will they be too busy dealing with a 100,000 horribly battle battlecruisers to have a chance to have a sympathetic chat with Marvin, the paranoid android? Will they eventually have to settle down and lead normal lives as account executives or management consultants? Will life ever be the same again after next week's last and reasonably exciting
1: instalment of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? in that episode of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy peter jones was the book anthony sharp was gark pit the waiter and zarquan the prophet and roy hud compare at the restaurant at the end of the universe with simon jones arthur dent jeffrey mcgiven ford prefect mark wing Davies, Zaphod Beeblebrox, susan sheridan trillian and stephen moore marvin the program was written by douglas adams and john lloyd and produced by jeffrey perkins ...with the assistance of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. If you would like a copy of the book The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy... ...please write to Megadodo Publications, Megadodo House, Ursa Minor... ...enclosing £3.95 for the book plus 597,812,406 pounds 7p postage and packing.
2: Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.